The key to a successful business isn't just plans, strategies, and profit margins. It isn't just mission, vision, your big dreams for the future, or how you communicate to your ideal clients. It's not just your product suite, your pricing, your sales, or being the person who takes decisive action. It isn't even just nervous system regulation, expanding emotional capacity, and enhancing your communication skills. And it's definitely not just faith, manifestation, vibes, intuition, and magic. The key to a successful business is bringing all of these components together and knowing which one you need when. Nature thrives when all of the elements are in balance. So do you your business. This is the Elemental Entrepreneurship Podcast, where we discuss the earth, air, fire, water, and spirit elements of building a thriving, successful, creative business and life. Welcome to the show. Hello, beautiful friends. Welcome to another Elemental Entrepreneurship Podcast episode. I'm your host, Sarah. And if you've been around for a while, what do you think of our new snazzy intro? I kind of like it. Let me know. Shoot me a DM on Instagram. Send me an email. You know, just let me know what you think. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Um, You know, we used to have a longer intro at the beginning of the podcast. And then I was like, oh my gosh, I hate this. um, Because I didn't like listening to my own intro if I listened back to the episodes. And so I got rid of it. And I just started going with a tagline. And now I'm listening to a couple other podcasts where they have kind of a long intro, but it made me realize that if somebody's brand new to the podcast and they don't really understand my world or my work or what elemental entrepreneurship is yet, the intro of the podcast is a really good opportunity to let them know what elemental entrepreneurship is all about. And then for those of us who already know, you can just skip forward a minute, right? It's okay. Is it okay? Are we all right? I hope we're all right. Let me know. Let me know what your thoughts are. DM me on Instagram. Let me know if you like it. Let me know if you hate it. Um, we'll see if I change it if you hate it. I might. Who knows? Episode is a really special treat. I love when I find fellow dance and movement people who are also in the coaching space because I really think that coming from movement, coming from performing arts, also even coming from sports, you bring such a unique perspective to the coaching world. And y'all hear from me all the time about ways that my work in dance and teaching dance informs my work as a coach. And today on the show, you're going to get to hear from another movement person who is also a coach, Nicole the Pole, Nicole the Soul Coach, is on the show today. And we're talking about ways that our dance training, um, I'm calling it dance training, and you'll hear why I'm saying movement training as you get into the episode, Um, but why our dance lives and the training and experiences that we have in our movement life really informs the way that we look at life in general and the way that we look at coaching life and business. So I'm really excited for you to get to meet Nicole through this conversation or get to know her a little bit more if you already know her work. Before we dive into the episode, I just want to let you know, I have two one-on-one coaching spots opening up in June. You know, I don't promote one-on-one coaching very often, and it's because most of my spots are usually full. 
and they tend to fill by referral. So it is a rare thing when I have a one-on-one spot available. If you've been interested in working with me, uh, the doors are going to be opening up in June. I have two clients who are matriculating. So I would love to discuss ways that we might be able to work together if that's something that you're interested in. I'm also experimenting with a new coaching package that's month to month instead of a longer term commitment. So if you might be interested in looking at the details on a one-on-one coaching package or working together on a month to month coaching basis, hit me up on Instagram at Intuitive Edge Coaching, and we can talk about what that might look like. I will leave a link to book a discovery call in the show notes, and you'll notice that the form on that doesn't talk about the month-to-month coaching package because that's a brand new thing, but if that's something you might be interested in, either DM me on Instagram or let me know when we have our check-in call and we can see what the best fit might be for the two of us to work together. I can't wait to hear from you. And without further ado, let's get in to the show. Today on the show, it's a treat, y'all. This is a big deal. You have seen her on the Ellen Show, Access Hollywood, and performing on big stages around the world with Bruno Mars, Snoop Dogg, Ludacris, and more. And most notably, just choreographed a pole section for Beyonce's Renaissance Tour. Yes, congratulations. (laughs) If you've ever seen pole dancing in a music video, it was probably my guest today. Nicole Williams, a.k.a. Nicole the Pole, a.k.a. Nicole the Soul Coach. She's been featured in some of the hottest music videos uh, from Cardi B Money, Rihanna Pour It Up, Neo She Knows, Bruno Mars, Gorilla, Chris Brown and Tigers, Bitches and Marijuana, uh, Race Remmerd and Nicki Minaj Throw Some Mo, DJ Khaled How Many Times, basically like every song you've wanted to dance to for the past (laughs) 10 years, she was in the video, Okay. Nicole's life is a true testimony of the benefits and transformation that one can experience from the beautiful, athletic, empowering, and sexy art form of pole dance for women, men, and non-binary people of any age, size, and background. And Nicole is also a certified life coach, a Reiki practitioner, and a sound healer who incorporates mindset practices, affirmations, energy work, strength conditioning, flexibility, and sensual movement into her lessons. Nicole, welcome to the show. Hey, what's up? What's up? What's up? I'm so (laughs) excited that you're here. Um, Everyone, uh, the people who know me uh, know that I also am in the dance world. And Nicole and I met in person at Studio 216. I had choreographed a piece for a Pole Freaks show. And I followed you on Instagram, and then I saw, I was like, wait, we are in this similar crossover of this sensual movement world with the coaching and Reiki world, and that's such a special crossover, and I love seeing movement people in the coaching space. It makes me so excited, and it's such a gift to have you here on the show. I'm really excited for our conversation today. I'm very excited too. Like, let's, let's, let's get into it. Okay. The place I want to start, cause my people are, they will message me if I don't ask. They want to know your astrology. They want to know your sun, moon and rising. Oh, and really? if you know your human design, they want to know your human design. I know it all, baby. <laughs> yes. Let's go. All right. So Virgo sun, Leo rising, 
Mm-hmm. An Aquarius moon. Ooh. So a, little air, a little earth, air, and fire. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, next up, human design. I am a projector. My Let's best say, friend is a Virgo three. projector. Love this. Uh-huh. And one, three. Um, so, yeah. And it's like dead on me. If you read the descriptions of all those things, that is literally the like kind of the makeup and the energy of definitely who I am. I love this so much. And it's I'm a Taurus sun and a Libra moon. So I'm also an earth air combo. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in human design, I'm a generator, but I'm three, five. So I also okay. have that three in my profile. Yay. This is also why I was like, there's a vibe. I think there is something to this earth air combo with the something about like movement and coaching together, mm. right? Like the sensuality and then also the like deep analysis and wanting to like understand things. I feel like those things somehow go together. This like yeah. nice balance. Yeah, for sure. So tell us a little bit before we get into our real topic for today, which is ways that dance and movement stuff end up crossing over into um, really everything, right? Every aspect of our life, but into our coaching work and similarities between what we're doing with movement and what we do with coaching. I would love for you to tell people a little bit about how you got into um, into poll. And I want to share, I want to kind of start here because I think it's so important for people to hear and so fascinating. When you and I were first talking about this episode and planning what we were going to talk about, I was kind of taking for granted that you considered yourself a dancer, given this bio of yours, given these credits. And I was Mm -hmm. like, yeah, a dancer. And you said, oh yeah, I'm just starting to think of myself as a dancer. I don't think of myself that way. And I was so (laughs) blown away by that because I was like, oh, how could you not? And you're like, yeah, I didn't start from the dance side. I started with pole. And that was so surprising to me. And I think a lot of people would be surprised by that. Mm -hmm. I... I think because I'm not a dancer, I think people that are dancers can see that I'm not a dancer, right? So the average person doesn't know what a dancer is, I think, right? Or we just look at it differently. But I think a dancer is one that has this wide vocabulary of movement, right? That's what I call a dancer. And I'm like, I just know how to do pole. (laughs) And so, and I know how to move a little sexy, right? And that's all stuff that I learned from freaking doing that thing. So like even before pole, like I I would I didn't I didn't dance, you know what I mean? Like I did the two steps and the dance things, like you know, just movements. But I never felt like confident as a dancer whatsoever. <laughs> it's so interesting because I had a a very long career in the belly dance world, and belly dance is also a dance form where there will be people who have belly danced for 20 years who are professional belly dancers who do not consider themselves dancers and have a lot of insecurity about it because, well, I mean, I think there are a lot of reasons, but for one thing, a lot of belly dancers, belly dance is the only style of dance they've ever done. And they started as an adult. Mm -hmm. And I do think we, it's very easy to internalize some of the like Western dance hierarchy of like, if you didn't take ballet and Mm. you didn't take jazz and you're not trained, then you're quote unquote, not a dancer. Yeah. And that's so not fair or true. (laughs) Yeah. So I think that's the thing. I think, I think from society, I thought being a dancer meant this instead of realizing now reprogramming to say, no, a dancer is one that just moves their body. Right. So I move my body to music. Yeah. Um, 
to sound and that that sound or the energy of people makes me move my body in a certain way, which is dance, right? So in that sense, when I can change my perspective on what dance is, then I go, then yeah, I'm a dancer. Yeah, I absolutely would say that you are. And I'm sure (laughs) many people would say that you are. And I think we see that in, you know, in the dance world, the other way that I see that a lot is people who are like street dancers versus studio dancers Mm -hmm. and freestylers versus choreography dancers. Cause there are fucking dope street dancers and like house dancers, footwork dancers, people who are like, I've never set foot in a studio. I don't know what a plie is. I've never taken a class. Mm -hmm. I can't do choreography, but they can freestyle down. And then there's all these choreography, like bass dancers and studio dancers who cannot freestyle. They've never practiced freestyling. I'm a freestyler. As a pole dancer, I'm a freestyler. And I just can't get my head to wrap around spending so much time towards choreography. I've done it a few times, but like, I just want to go do the thing, right? But choreography offers gifts. It makes you do things that you want to do that don't normally come out in a freestyle. Yes. You know what I mean? Because freestyle is all the things that are programmed inside of me. And sometimes I want to perform and I want to look back at a video and I'd be like, oh, I wish I would have done that move, that move, that move, that move. But those moves aren't ingrained in me because I haven't choreographed them. So that's why it's like important to choreograph, I believe, to get some stuff in you, you know? Yeah. As a teaching tool sometimes. Yeah. I also like, and we're we're going deep into movement land, and we'll come back. But I I also know, and I think this this has applicable lessons for other things too. I am more likely to practice something if it's in a dance than just drill it, like you know, just to drill the move for drilling's sake. Because I'll get bored. So if it's mm-hmm. in a sequence and it's creative and it's to a song and it feels fun, I'll practice it. And if it's mm-hmm. just sitting there and just doing repetitions, I'm like, oh, I hate this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I think that that's true, you know, business-wise, too, is, like, if you want to flex a new skill, to me, like, opening up a handful of free slots for something and saying, hey, I'm practicing, you know, this new Reiki technique. When I first was doing my Reiki attunement, I was like, I'm giving away 20 spots. I just want to get my hands on people. I just want to get out there and do it. Uh And it's so much more fun to learn in that way that's going to be creative and engaging and inspiring right away than to be like, oh, I have to practice this by repetition, it like, you know, it feels too much like school. You know what I want to say about Reiki? That was the first thing that I learned. You know, you learn what to do. You just realize you can do it, right? And then seeing how powerful this shit really was, right? So I was excited to practice, not knowing if I was actually doing it. But then every time I got the result or this, this experience from the other person that made me feel even more confident about the ability that I was now, that I now carry. Right. In life, I don't think I do that in other areas. Right. Mm. I don't think I'm excited to go practice and maybe not do good and, 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 and make, you know what I mean? But for that, for some reason, I was super excited to just be like, I want to practice some people, you know what I mean? Cause it felt so powerful. It felt so powerful too. And I'm like, wow, what if I could apply that same energy to everything else? Because I think even in that with Reiki, it's believing that you can do what it is you're intending to do. And then when you get that actual result on the other side of that, you're going, wait a minute. So my thought is that fucking powerful? Like my open, my channel is that powerful? It's crazy. I love that. And I wonder if it's like, 
a lack of resistance around Reiki, right? Like you didn't have a ton of attachment to whether or not you were quote unquote good at it before you did it. So you weren't afraid to try. Mm-hmm. But like with uh, something else, you know, doing, learning something new, it's like, ah, I don't want to, I don't want to suck. I just want to have it. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I just want to be able to do it right now. Um, like I, like I, I feel that within my work stuff with, with athletics and stuff, not so much. Like I expect to, fumble because I'm teaching people that every day, but in business stuff, I find that I'm a little more hesitant because I don't know what it's going to look like Mm. or that I'm going to know what to do. And that for me is like a big struggle to, to know that with pole and every day I'm teaching this very thing, like it's going to suck at first, going to be a little slow, take time, like don't expect to get it right away. And I'm missing it over here, applying that just to myself because I'm being hard on myself about you know, the, the moving through something. And I just think that's just so cool to to see that and to like, even like say it now, like out loud, like, wow. You know, what's funny is this segues us really beautifully into, I (laughs) I jotted down a couple notes when we had our first conversation about things we wanted to talk about, about ways dance Uh training is life and business training. And the two first ones are projecting judgment onto other people, assuming that people are going to judge you. And then also it's going to take how long it takes and students having unrealistic expectations. And you were sharing this thought that like students come into class with you or training with you and they think you expect them to get it right, right away. Yeah. And you're like, (laughs) like, no, I know you're not going (laughs) to. Exactly. It's so funny too. I literally had recent students who were like, one of my friends, she's like, Nicole, like, I felt like I needed to go take classes before I came to see you because you're, and I'm like, are you serious right now? Like, I want the newbies. I want the people who have never done it before. People think because I'm this professional pole dancer and I, and I do it at this certain level that I only want to work with advanced people. That's the, if they're already advanced, they don't need me. Okay. Mm. So I love the brand new people because I know what I'm about to give them. Like, I'm about to give you the sauce, yo. Like, I'm about to show you how powerful you really are in an hour. I think that that's so important. And I just want to, like, acknowledge you for a moment and, like, reflect back to you what a special mission and calling it is to want to work with beginners. Because I do that in business. Oh, my gosh. This is happening again. If you've been on the pod, this happens every once in a while. The gardeners just start, like, there's, like, oh. a saw happening. Uh- <laughs> All right. That's what it, you know, we have like background, the background music of chainsaws today. Yes. Um, so it's such a special ministry, I think, to want to work with beginners because it mm. is harder. Um, and I think there are a lot of people out there. I find this in business all the time. There are a lot of business coaches who only want to work with people who have established businesses. And yeah. the reason for that is it's easier because you don't have to wrestle through as much emotional resistance, and you probably have a higher success rate. Whereas mm-hmm. when you're working with beginners, a lot of businesses don't survive the first 18 months. It's like 85% of businesses don't survive the first 18 months. And I think that that's because so many people can't really make it through the emotional hurdles of sucking at something in public for like a long time. It's like unavoidable. Mm -hmm. It's really hard. You're putting yourself out there. You're not seeing the financial payoff right away. Emotionally, the beginning of something is really challenging and you have a lot of mindset growth. You have a lot of emotional growth. 
and you're scared and you feel insecure and you're carrying all this baggage into it. Once you've already built confidence and you have no emotion, you're like, of course I'm good at business. Of course I'm good at pool, whatever. Yeah. Like, refine me, give me the tricks. There is still growth to be had there. There's still fine tuning, but the beginning is a very special ministry and liking to work with people at the beginning through that insecurity is like a really special calling. I never thought of that, but when you say it, that is. <laughs> it's a special gift. Wow. Like not everybody is a great teacher. You have to be a really good teacher to work through the beginning. See, and I, my students, I hear that all the time. Like my my friend, she's like, Nicole, you're so good. And I'm like, no, you like you, like you that good. You know what I mean? Like for real. And I can see that and I know it for people. Like, that's the other thing. Like, I think that's even a gift in itself. That's probably why I can get people to the other side because it's like, I really do see and know what's possible for you. So because of my belief, that's just it. Like my belief in you, my faith already is setting the tone and the energy in which how fast we're going to get there. Because like when students feel me very being so very much like, okay, yeah, this is what you're going to do. <laughs> you know what I mean? And they're like, are you serious right now? Like, you really think I'm about to do that? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> they don't believe it at first, but it's like that first time I get them into something and they do it, they're just like mind blown. Right. And I'm like, so that happens. We're going to keep doing that. Every, every time we come together, we're going to keep doing these things. You're going to keep thinking like, there's no way. And then five, 10 minutes later, you're going to be like, holy shit. And just, that's like amazing. It's like a little high all day long. <laughs> it's so gratifying. That's and isn't it interesting <laughs> because there's this side-by-side -side situation happening of being both like, you want me to what? But also having these unrealistic expectations that you're going to get stuff on the first try. <laughs> and you're like, it's happening at the same time. And I think the way this shows up in business is the same thing of like, you want me to launch a whole offer? Like, you want me to, like, launch this whole project? You want me to, like, put this whole thing out there? And that my expectation is, like, we're going to go through the motions of this launch. We're going to collect a bunch of data. We're going to sell something. Something's going to happen. But I don't expect you to make $100,000 in a week, right? Like, mm -hmm. so I know that especially in your first launch, like, we're not going to have – you're, like – I think people have this unrealistic expectation. I think it happens in dance class from dance movies. And I think it happens in business from watching people's marketing on Instagram. You think you're going to drop something and just be like this quote unquote overnight success and blow up. And you're like, no, what's probably more likely to happen is we're going to go through all the phases of your launch. You're going to add 50 to 100 people to your email list. You're going to sell five things. We're going to gather the data. We're going to do it again. And like, we're just going to keep mm -hmm. doing it. Right. Yeah. Like, so I think for me, because I've been in it for so long and same thing with dance, we have this much more grounded expectation of like, you're going to do it and it's going to be clunky and then we're going to do it again. And then we're going to do it again. And we're going to do, you can do it. And as you do it more, yeah, you can more do more it. graceful. Yes. It'll, easier, it'll get more automatic. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're building over time. But I don't expect you to nail it out the gate. I don't expect you to drop your first product and make a million dollars. Like, that's not mm -hmm. what I'm expecting. But you can do the skill. You can do it. It's really true. Like, because we see the people that are doing it, but not realizing that's not their first offer. This is now they've built up to now to where it's like so many people, you've seen it so much and you're just like, you want it. You want to buy it. Yeah. That's <laughs> it's just marketing. Phrase. It's a, it's a buildup. Like it's a buildup, but we don't see the buildup. We see the, 
when they come to the screen and then we attach, oh my God, they just did that. Not realizing they didn't just, they didn't went through all the stuff that uh, I I am in resistance to. Right. They've gone through all the steps that that I've been in resistance to. There's a, behind every overnight success, there's 10 years of work. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Right. So you started, you started pole in 2007, right? Yeah. So it's been 16 years. So like even I've, I can, I feel I can manifest and attract opportunities because what I, because of what I say. But also, there is an energy about my name and what I've done that also then pulls things to me with more ease yeah. because of time. Like, I didn't just become a known name. A known name became over time. You know what I mean? Like, the resume builds over time, not just at, you know, year one or five, the year five or year 10. Like, it's 16 years later and like big, crazy, amazing things are still happening. And that happened with time, <laughs> not and overnight. That that luck is opportunity meeting preparation and repetition, right? So when you do get those crazy calls, because you've put in years of practice, of training, of practicing when no one's clapping for you of like putting your right of like being dedicated to the craft of it and loving the craft of it that when you get that opportunity you're prepared you're ready to go so prepared so prepared yes (laughs) and I think that the like a really important key to this with everything right it's if it's dance if it's your craft if it's business I I talk about this all the time I just posted something about it the other day is like Pick something to dedicate your life to that you would do for free (laughs) because you're going to spend a lot of time doing it for free. Like you need to be so passionate about it that you actually want to do it on the days that there are, there's no one paying you to do it on the, right? Like you want to get in the studio and play because that part's fun, right? It's not just, um, it's not just for show. It's not just for the gram. It's not just for the stage. The craft part is because you enjoy working on the craft part. And we need to care about the thing that we're doing for its like for its own intrinsic value of what it brings to our life. Because especially in the beginning stages of anything, there are a lot of days that you're working where you're not getting any calls and you're not making any money and you have to keep going. Yeah, you definitely do. <laughs> And if you don't uh, love it just to do it, then you might be more more likely to be like, well, this isn't working, so I quit. As opposed to like, well, I love this so much, I would do it for free, so I'm doing it for free. That's literally how I started my entrepreneurship journey. I started with personal training. I loved it. I would do. I did it for free. Like there are people that maybe couldn't pay me or paying me. Like I, I didn't care. I, like I work out with you. you. Can just be. You can work out when I work out. Um, same thing with pole, pole coaching, energy work. Those are all things that I give for free all the time, all the time, because yeah. I just love what I fucking do. <laughs> it, it doesn't feel like work, except that it is time blocks out of me just being in my, having my own time to myself. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like deposits. I guess you could think it's like deposits back into the system. You know what I mean? Work is Absolutely. deposits back into the system. Um, to be here, you know? So I love that I am every day doing what the fuck that I love to do. (laughs) 
I love this so much. And looking back at our notes, I think what this ties into one of the things that we had talked about was the idea that like in dance or in movement, 90 98% of your dance life is not performing. It's practicing. It's on stage. It's taking class. (laughs) It's just prep. And so if we're thinking of those moments when we're not on stage or not on set, not making a video as not being valuable, we're not having fun and we're not enjoying what most of the process is. Most of the process is training. It really is, yo. Like you couldn't go perform on a stage with Snoop Dogg if you ain't been performing, like, you know what I mean? Like in my booking process, like you need to be a performer. Like you couldn't necessarily be a student because you need to know how to perform on a big stage and only practicing as a student practicing. If you haven't practiced performing, you wouldn't be able to then know how to necessarily perform on a stage. Like, so you got to get out there and perform. (laughs) I'm like, you gotta, you can't be afraid to perform. You can't go. How do I perform? You just fucking do it one day. And then from that first performance, you literally learn if you, especially if you got video, you can watch that video back and you can go, this was good. That was dope. Don't do that again. Oh, just maybe change your foot right there. Slow it down next time. Like you can literally self-improve. I say at the, however long your video is, you can self-improve in that much time. And then the next time you do it, you think about all those things and then you make all those things better and you just keep on. That's how I look at my performances now. Like every time I perform, I get better. I get better every single time. And this process that you're talking about of like reviewing yourself, right? The game tape, right? We watch the, we watch the tape back and we analyze and we give ourselves notes. This is really getting into this heart, I think, of why people who are in dance, performing arts, sports, if you grow up receiving coaching and you're used to this environment of like, if you want to be great at something, it's not, that's not ego. That's not bluster. That's not like, oh, I'm just the best. So I don't need anyone to tell me what to do. When you genuinely want to be great at something, you go find people to watch your performance and Mm. give you notes and give you feedback and push you a little bit and say like, oh, in this moment, I think you could be more expressive. In this moment, you're not pointing your feet. In this moment, turn your face toward the audience. Like, and, and you take that feedback because your desire to be good at the thing mm-hmm. is bigger than your desire to be seen as doing it perfectly the first time. Like you're actively seeking out notes. And then you give yourself notes. You're watching your own mm-hmm. performances and going, okay, there's what I think I'm doing when I'm dancing when I'm on stage and then there's what yeah. I'm really doing. Like I thought I was really doing something in there and I'm really not. Whenever I, I take like I thought it was class, slow. <laughs> for me, it's whenever I take hip hop, I think I'm hitting so hard. And then I watch the video and I'm like, my arms are always noodles. Like why, <laughs> why do I have noodle hands? I feel like I'm hitting yes. something and I'm not hitting anything. Um, <laughs> I feel like I'm being so aggressive. I'm not. <laughs> but in, in life and business coaching, it's the same thing. Like we need to get, outside eyes on our stuff and that openness to like seeking out somebody who can watch us execute and say in the middle of your launch you lost steam or like tell me how that conversation with your mom went like let's walk through how we're gonna handle this situation this is why people need coaches yo we are the eyes and the ears for you for what you are not seeing or hearing because of the storyline that you have right it's like shutters that's our gift. Yes. 
And you should want, like, if you're listening to this, this podcast, you should want some eyes and ears that are out for your best interests, right? Because if you pick the right coach, like if you intuitively align with somebody, you are picking your your partner in college. You're picking your person to show you your stuff, yeah. right? So if you really pick somebody who is there to really show you your stuff, then that means you're going to see it all. You're going to see as much as you're ready. Cause we're about to give, we're about to give it to you, right? You know what I mean? And in the most supportive way, just like in a pole dance class, I'm gonna show you just a little bit at a time. You know what I mean? Help you see it. We're gonna go at your pace. We're gonna go at your own pace. I'm gonna push you a little bit too, though. Like, right? I'm, come on, let's go. Like, how, we we not about to do this all day. <laughs> and it's so important because we can't see ourselves, right? Just like when yeah, you can't, can, you can't see yourself, right? You got to videotape yourself, or you need a teacher because you can't see yourself. So you don't know what happened. It's the same thing that's happening in life. It's the same thing that's happening in business. Coaching is thought partnership. And the reason that we need coaches sometimes is, and the reason you need a thought partner sometimes is my best thinking got me here. My best thinking, the things I know got me here. And if I'm not happy with wherever here is, I need someone to help me figure out how I can think better about this situation or differently about this situation or how I can approach things in a slightly different way or from a different perspective because trying to think it through myself is getting me as far as I'm getting, right? It's getting me whatever mm -hmm. results I'm getting in my life, right? So maybe it's in relationships. You're looking around and you're like, all the relationships in my life are a mess. So maybe my best thinking about relationships is not getting me the results I want. It's not that there's anything yeah. wrong. It's Doesn't just, mean is this getting wrong. me the results I want? Am I getting where I'm trying to get to here? Or do I need some help? Do I need an outside eye? And for anybody that is one, that is thinking, and something wrong with me if I need a coach, does that mean like I suck? Like, no, because any professional who is doing great at something in life has a coach. Many coaches. <laughs> Right? You have somebody that brings you along. An NBA player has a coach, right? An Olympian has a coach. A dancer has a dance teacher, a doctor. They have to go through a whole ass program. Like, you know what I mean? To be great at something, you need to be taught that thing. Or you need to be coached and, you know, empowered. And you go to different, and then you go to different teachers to get different things because everybody offers something different. So maybe you may even have a coach now and you'll get a different coach later. To take you to another level. You know Absolutely. what I mean? Yeah. So like when I teach my students, I tell them like, you don't got to stay with me forever. I'm going to give you a strong bomb ass foundation so that when you go somewhere after me, you're going to excel so much faster than the average person because your foundation is so strong. So you can learn now quickly from anybody because you already got the, the like the basics, the foundation inside of you. And I'm very confident about that. Right. But I know I can't give you like the super flexible tricks. Like I know where my lane is. And I think people also need to understand like when you go to somebody, when you pick a coach, know that you're picking somebody for the lane that you need to work on at that time, right? And then know when you got to grow and go somewhere else. Like don't be stuck to people. You know what I mean? This is really valuable too, because I think there's there's a couple things here that that you just touched on that are so important. One is responsibility and discernment on the student end and on the client end. Sometimes you might be in a place of being like, I just want someone to save me, right? I just want someone to tell me what to do. And when we are in that place, um, 
we are very susceptible to manipulative marketing. We're susceptible to falling in with people who promise us a lot that can't deliver, right? Like there are a lot of people Mm -hmm. out there who have had really negative teaching experiences, coaching experience. I know so many dancers who are like, oh, I was in a dance school that was real culty and real mean and I didn't know (laughs) it until I was in there for a while. And it's because we came to it from a vulnerable place, a disempowered place. When you're a beginner, first of all, you can still know what you need as a beginner, which is, like Nicole said, a strong foundation. I'm looking Mm -hmm. for someone who can first and foremost give me a strong foundation and then also maybe like teach me a bit about how to learn this skill set, right? How to learn is a really valuable thing. How do I acquire this? Mm -hmm. And the ways that we learn are different in different situations. Like what is the best way for me to be approaching this? How should I be thinking about it? How should I be training yeah. movement? What kind of cross training should I be doing? What do I really need to focus on? So you want a teacher who A, loves teaching beginners, right? Look for that. You want a coach mm-hmm. who loves working with people who are just starting out or who loves working with people who have the, the specific thing you're looking to get coached on. And then as you advance and start receiving feedback and start trying things in your own life, in your own skill set, then you might move on and be like, oh, now I've developed some special interests, right? Maybe they're like, oh, I do really want to get into flexibility stuff. I'm going to go out and do, like look for someone who can teach me contortion. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get into like deep stretching stuff because I want to do these tricks. And now you can get more refined and go find the person who has that exact skill set yeah. and pick the person you want. But having that discernment as a shopper, right? As a student, right? Like we're kind of in the market and there's all these people on Instagram, all these mm-hmm. people on TikTok, 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 <laughs> who are like we're looking at and we might think that they're really cool or really great or really impressive, but are they the right person for us to work with? Or are we just really impressed by them? Yeah, because that's two different things. People very be different. Very impressive and not be a great teacher for you. <laughs> or a great I've, uh, coach lost for you. a lot of money like that. <laughs> and yeah, then a lot also of people knowing when we're like paying. And this is this is hard to admit when it happens, but there have been times where I'm like, oh, I just like kind of got bullied by someone's marketing into like paying for proximity because I thought they were cool. And then I got in there and they're not a great mm. teacher. And everyone mm-hmm. in their inner circle is also just kind of paying for proximity to them. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it, it, can, it can be hard. And I think in, in the dance world where I've seen that happen is teachers who are social media famous and they like show up for their own class late and spend half the time on their phone and like their friends are all in the front row and like it's all focused <laughs> on filming stuff like that you're like oh I just paid $30 for a workshop where I didn't learn anything mm-hmm. everyone's here to fangirl for this person it's not a class it's a show yeah that sucks yeah we don't want that we want to like sometimes the best teachers out there too don't have tons of content out yeah, man, like everybody, everybody, yeah, it ain't about the, because again, no, these numbers are about if you play the 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 the, the game of it's Instagram, right? Right. If you mm-hmm. just be on Instagram because you want to just talk with your friends and everything, then you ain't creating what it takes to get all these followers, right? Because mm-hmm. like, at the end of the day, the, none of that shit is real. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, none of it's real, but people will look at that and go, 
will, it will then assume that your skill level or your success level is based on the following count. And it's like, no, those two are not related. No. <laughs> it's based on how people play social media. You know what I mean? Yeah. A lot of, there are so many influencers who have tried to drop a product and couldn't make any money. Right? You have a huge following. You can't monetize it. It's because your people like watching you, but they don't necessarily trust you. Mm -hmm. And then there are also people out there who have six-figure businesses who have like 500 followers. And you're like, what? Yeah. Yeah. They don't go together. Mm -hmm. So something that we had talked about was when people walk into class and they think, or, or they, they're not even in class yet, and they're saying, I don't want to try it because I'm so weak. They undermine or uh, under-evaluate your, their physical strength. I don't hate many things, but I hate that thing when women go, oh, I don't know if I could do it. I'm, I don't have any upper body strength. Oh, ah! it just rattles me. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, because one is so not true. And the fact that it comes out of the majority of women's mouths that I actually interact with, right? That's a lot. I interact with thousands and thousands and thousands of people every year, right? That is coming out of most people's mouths. And I'm just like, it's not true. And I see, I get because our words are powerful. But for every time a woman is saying, I don't have upper body strength, I'm not strong enough. You are feeding into that and making yourself weak. But at the same time, that same woman is one that also wants to say, I'm powerful. I'm strong. I got it. And I'm, I'm putting it down. I'm doing all of these things. You can't be both. Those mm -hmm. two statements contradict each other. You can't be this boss babe bitch and then also be like, I don't have any upper body strength. Like, I'm weak. Like, no, you're strong. You can do any and all things. And your strength is not based on you being able to do a pull trick or a pull up or a push up. That's not your strength. Like your strength is, can you maintain your body and brace yourself? And you know what I mean? Can you just hold on to something, whatever that thing may be? But it ain't about all these tricks and stuff. You know what I mean? And if you would just allow yourself to learn something, then you can actually do anything. Will it gonna is it gonna look perfect the first day you do it? Nothing does. So it's like give yourself time to be good at something, but also stop calling our stop calling yourselves weak, lady. You're not weak. We are strong and powerful. We are women. We birth things. Okay. <laughs> I love this. I uh, when when we were talking about this too, you used this great example where you're talking about like you're picking up kids, you're picking up groceries, you're yes. like, there are all these things throughout your daily life that you do with your upper body that are strength. like, that, that, and that, that is the, the same amount of strength you would need to do this thing. So I think it also ties back into unrealistic expectations too, that you're looking at something and you're thinking, there's no way the amount of strength I have would allow that, but it's mm -hmm. because they haven't tried. So they don't know that like, if you have enough strength to carry your child up the stairs or to pick up <laughs> I was thinking about just today I'm like I'm team one trip always with groceries I will load up my arms from wrist to shoulder you with my groceries I mean? and carry them all the way from Ten my car bags up the each arm. <laughs> yes and go up the stairs yeah. do you know how much work that entails yo or maybe you run or maybe you know whatever it is the thing you do like you're strong enough to do the things you may not be strong enough to do all the moves but nobody is when they first start but 
for literally, I've been doing this for 16 years, everybody can do a portrait, okay? Like, there's a move for everybody. <laughs> Don't matter what your size is. There's a move for everybody. On the list of things I hate, I hate hearing someone use the word can't to define their possibilities. Oh, God, I don't let people use it in my space. Mm -mm. Even my when friends I'm in dance can't class say it. And I introduce someone and someone's like, I can't. I'm like, mm -mm. nope, we don't say that here. That is not, this yeah. is not the place for that. But mm -hmm. I think the important thing with that idea, and, and it's funny because so much of these things are also in slang. And I try to be careful about the way our words are spells and how, right? Like, like ugh, I can't, I can't, right? Like we say that all the time. And sometimes it's funny. And sometimes we are talking about things we can't abide, right? Like someone said something to me and, and like, mm -hmm. I was like, I can't, I cannot deal with that right now. I can't, mm -hmm. I can't allow that. I can't accept that in. So sometimes I can't is a, is a statement of boundary and that uh -huh. can be good. Yeah. But noticing where we're speaking, I can't over ourselves is so important because what it does to our brain is if you know you cannot, why would you try? You've already told yourself the outcome is going to be, I am incapable of doing this thing. Yep. And so much of the time, either that's just not true or we don't even know yet because we haven't tried. Mm -hmm. But I always like in dance, I've never been a jumper. Never been good at jumping. Jumping was not my thing. I was like too much ass, <laughs> gravity and I. <laughs> It's not, it doesn't happen, right? And I would see the dancers who had leaps. They were just like grand jeté, light as air. You like a gazelle flying across the dance studio. And when I was like a kid, I had some teacher tell me that I wasn't a good jumper. And it got like, and then I was like, I can't. And so my relationship to jumping was always, I can't. So what would happen in class when it was time to do jumps is I, I, I start to panic my face gets hot, my muscles get tight, I'm thinking I can't, and I'm going to be embarrassed because now I have to do this thing that I quote unquote know I quote unquote can't do. Yeah. And so all I want to do is just grit my teeth and get through it with as little embarrassment as possible. Never for the rest of like 20 years did I try. I didn't try. Which didn't is apply. why you weren't able to. Right. Not because you couldn't, but because that was your storyline. Right. That crazy? And, and, and when I'm doing it, I'm not trying to excel. I'm not trying to get better. I'm just trying to get through it as quickly as possible. Just trying to get through. Yeah. And then I had a teacher who was fucking bomb, Mama Luana, mother at San Francisco City College. I love you. Um, and mother used to have some of us jump in the back line with the men, those of us who had larger hips. Because when the guys jump, their center of gravity is different. It's all up in their chest. And she would say, go stand by the guys and pick up that energy and imitate them. Jump like a man. Jump like they jump. Mm -hmm. And I had never just had someone be like, well, yeah, you can. Of course you can. The way that you're approaching, like you approach jumping like you think you're heavy. Go, go stand next to someone else and practice picking up on their energy. I had, it had not occurred to me. It I like had not that. occurred to me. I love that. And I think so often when it comes to life stuff, 
any of the things we're telling ourselves we can't do, we're just trying to grit through, we're just trying to get through as quickly as possible, we're not putting a lot of attention on, it also prevents us from trying to get ourselves in rooms with people who excel at that thing where we actually could pick up on an expanded skill set, new ways to do stuff, be around people who are like, oh, I love that thing. That thing's my Mm -hmm. thing, right? You get around people who are like, I love talking about money. I love talking about profit. I love talking about revenue, right? Like watch your relationship to money change. Get around people who are like, I love talking about marketing. I love talking about growth. Okay, now I'm somewhere interesting. Now Now I can like pick up on some shit. Yo, that's some real shit. Like, listen to the people who say they love what they what they do and what they talking about because we literally love to talk about that shit. So imagine having you a friend that's a, like me. I'm the spiritual friend, my friend. So if you got me as a friend, guess what you're getting? You got coaching, in-house lifetime, right? You got energy. Like, you, you can get the healing right away. You know, you call me, right? You call this other friend. You know, you can get this thing. Like, in life, like, you really need to choose who you be around. And choose people that you can get stuff from because there's people out there who want to give it. Mm. You just got to actually go be interested because there are people out here who want to share. And any, any sentence that you speak that starts with the word I is the most powerful spell that you can possibly utter. It is the most powerful prayer, right? So be very aware of the words that you speak that follow I, I what? I'm not strong enough. I can't. I don't do that. I'm not good at that. Pay a lot of attention to the spells of intention that you are putting over your life that you are saying after the word I. And when you catch yourself, just be like, ooh, that's interesting to notice. Why do I think that about myself? Where did I hear that from? What's that story? What's a more interesting story? Oh, that's what that's what I give my tell my clients. I'm like, what if we changed it, right? What if we changed it to something else? The thing that you say you can't do or you're you're I'm not this, like what if we changed it? What what could life look like, right? You know what I mean? And asking them that question. It's, it, it it you can change everything, yo. I tell my clients I'm like whatever it is that you're saying, that's your experience. So the reason you keep saying you can't do this is because you've been saying that forever. And dance for <laughs> you me. Said, it was- for a you long know? time, I hate floor work because I had hurt my knee. And I was like, oh, I hate the floor. And then I decided my new mantra was floor work is my favorite. And mm-hmm. now floor work is my favorite. Because <laughs> you just changed it even though you didn't feel it. But see, we you we have to know that you can still say something and not feel it. But you say it to reprogram and change, right? Because it starts with you just saying it. Then eventually some uh, your experience changes. So then you start to feel it. And then you start to feel it and you start to know it. And then, and then it's, and then it's in. <laughs> and then it's in. And tying back to what we were saying at the beginning about finding creative ways to make it so. First, I decided the new mantra is floor work is my favorite. And then I started practicing choreographing floor phrases so that I would practice getting up and down from the floor. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So this Uh, ties really nicely into growth mindset and expanding our failure tolerance. That was something that we said is this big crossover between our movement life and coaching life, expanding our failure tolerance. It's hard to suck at stuff. It's really hard. I think that's been in the gap of me actually just going to take dance classes, right? To become a dancer. 
Because I'm like, in these dance classes, everybody already looked like a fucking dancer. I'm going to be in the one they're sucking. Everybody's going to be looking at me like, like, what are you doing, girl? <laughs> and then I'm okay with that, right? Because I know that I'm new. But then in my mind, I'm like, well, they if they think that I'm a pole dancer or if they know this, then they're going to be like, you don't know how to, like, wait a minute, you don't know how to dance, dance. Like, right? So I think in my mind, I don't want to suck for too long, even though I know I'm supposed to suck. Like, I just want to be able to do it, but I'm also worried about what everybody else is thinking. But guess what? Nobody is fucking thinking anything. These are all my thoughts. Yep. And then I project them onto other people. So when you think other people are thinking something, I get my, I, I like to tell people, Let's stop making it that you're worried about other people. No, it's actually you worried about you. Right. You're right? judging you. <laughs> you're judging you. Don't, I don't want you to take it and project it over to other people. No. So anytime I notice that I'm doing that, I say, no, you have a problem with you. <laughs> like, just go fucking dance, yo. And if you want to be a dancer, if you want to stop saying you're not a dancer, then go take some damn dance classes. Just go dance. And I also Just go practice. It's you, we all, everyone I think has moments where we're like, oh my God, everyone's watching me. But the truth is, <laughs> no one is watching you because everyone is watching themselves. And that's true they in dance are. and it's true in life. They are in the mirror fighting for their own damn life. They're like, no, this choreo is hard. I also love it in a dance class when I'm struggling and I'm like, oh my God, this is so hard. Is everyone else having an easier time than me? I like just looking around because sometimes you look around at somebody and they look at you and they pull this face where they're like, this is fucking hard. And you're like, okay, good. It's not just me. Everyone. <laughs> Thank God. But Thank God. some people hold the face like ain't nothing. So you got to know sometimes people are acting, yo. <laughs> and sometimes people on that are early, acting. Go stand next to that person because obviously they feel really confident. And you're like, let me just get, like touch them and rub your arm. Be like, let me get some of that. You feel really confident about this. I'm going to yeah, stand next man. to you. I'm, I'm going to also stand. I feel like I act like I'm really confident. It's a show. <laughs> and make yourself stand in the front. Ooh, this is a dance lesson life lesson crossover. St don't stand in the back corner. Stand in the damn front row because yeah. when you're in the front or second row, there is a little bit more fire under you to keep up because the people behind you are following you. <laughs> <laughs> they are. And it's not even on purpose because if you do the wrong arm, somebody behind you is going to do it too just off of uh, mirror neurons. <laughs> Mm -hmm. So you learn faster by pushing yourself to stand yeah. up front and know that there are going to be people behind you following you. And I think that's true in life. I think it's true in business. Put yourself in the damn front. Don't hang back and be like, well, it's okay if I'm back here and I fuck up and nothing happens because no one's really watching me. Put yourself in a position where you're leading. Push yourself. It does, it does change how you pick up because if I know someone else is watching me, it's almost like I want to get it for them. Yeah. Right. I've been in class and maybe somebody else is struggling. I'm like, okay, okay, I got this. Okay. Then I'm trying to explain that little one section. It's like everybody else can be four steps ahead, but I'm like, okay, we just got the one through the four. You got it, girl. Okay. You know what I mean? We're together. We're together. <laughs> you got, it's good to have one person you can just connect with and be like, okay, I'm not the only one. All right. Good. <laughs> so good. One thing that we had talked about was, is it inherent or is it earned? Um, and we were talking about this idea of being a dancer, right? Like, are you a dancer 
and then you go take dance class? Or do you become a dancer because you're dancing a lot? Sometimes we want to do identity work first, right? I want to start thinking of myself as the type of person who blah, 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 and then I do that thing. Mm-hmm. But sometimes we can just start doing the thing. And then one day we'll look up and be like, oh, I became a dancer because I dance every day. And I go to class and I train and I push myself. And like the act of doing the thing shifted the identity. But if you're thinking hey. of yourself as like, oh, I'm not a dancer, then of course you don't want to train or take dance class because you're like, well, I'm just not. Because I'm affirming I'm not a dancer. That's the thing that I realized. I was like, it's because I keep saying I'm not a dancer. So if I'm not a dancer... To, to live into the story of I'm not a dancer, guess what I have to keep doing? Not putting anything towards it. Yep. If I were to change my language, I obviously would then have to start aligning to it. So that's literally the power. Folks, that's the power in your language. For every time I go, I'm not a dancer, I get to experience that. I get to say it. It's the thing that I say. I'm not a dancer, but I do pole and, you know, but I move my body like that becomes a story. And I know it's a story because I've said it so many times. That's how you know you run a story. Because you it's I, if you've said the statement over a dozen times, you got a story, right? <laughs> so I keep living into that. So then it's like, okay, if I catch myself in that story, I go, I get to change it. Okay. You actually have to take an action step to change as well. Like it's not just in the language. Just go, if I say I'm a dancer, okay, what I got to do? Okay, let's sign up. Let's take a dance lesson this week. Let me schedule a, a dance class time with somebody. Let's, let me get on get on Zoom and then be in action. And don't worry about the action being all the fucking time. Just start doing it. I love this. I think where this shows up in business, right? Oh, I'm not really a, I'm not an entrepreneur, you know, but I just like, I just sell my little whatever. I just do readings. I just do my little, you know, I, yeah, I take donations. I, right. It's this minimizing, this downplaying of the thing that we're doing. I'm not, you know, I don't like business. I'm not really a business owner, but I'm trying out. I'm trying to launch this thing. There's this way Mm -hmm. that we can kind of put ourselves in the position of thinking, hmm. We go uh, have, do, be. Once I have other people telling me, right, if I have customers, then I'm going to consistently market my business and then I'll be able to call myself an entrepreneur. But if I don't have any customers, then I don't feel like I should market myself because I feel embarrassed because I'm not really an entrepreneur. But it goes the (laughs) other way. (laughs) Like, it's like... I market every day, so I must be an entrepreneur. And by doing that, I'm going to end up having customers. (laughs) There's no other way. Yeah, yo, like you have to keep on. The people's marketing that we see, they've been marketing. That's why we're eventually seeing them. (laughs) It's not like they're so good because we're seeing it now. No, they've been marketing. And that's why we finally see them, right? That means they put in the action step, like even the ads that we see. That's marketing. Somebody has paid money for their ad to pop up as I scroll to the next person's video. Like they had to invest into that. And most of the time when we see these things, we don't pay attention to it the first time. We have to see it over and over and over and over again before we even. So you have to realize that our own marketing is going to look the same way to other people. We're going to somebody's going to see our shit over and over and over again, not pay attention to us. And then one day they're going to go, let me check this thing out or. They're going to see you match up with something else, like a me, right? You've maybe seen a poll video of me, but then you go, 
oh my God, she worked with Beyonce. Now let me go back and check her out again. Now I stand out to you. Right. You know what I mean? And like you reinforced a lot. Yes. So we have to realize that even in our own marketing, like with dropping, uh, you know, like a workshop or like you said, like a, when somebody's doing a launch, we have to realize that your marketing needs to be seen by people and needs to be seen, seen a lot. So that's the reason you have to keep on marketing. <laughs> that's how you get, that's how you do it. You don't go, well, nobody's going to see it. It's going to eventually build up energy because you're doing the thing because that's the law. Like if you just keep on going, it's going to build up energy. If you believe in the thing and be doing it correctly, it's it's going to move. It's something's going to happen. Something's going to shift. There's something that's coming to me. I haven't thought about this in years, but many, many years ago, gosh, it must have been, oh, I don't even want to say, maybe like 15 years ago now, I was teaching a workshop and this was in the belly dance world. And, you know, like I said, there were a lot of belly dancers who like don't think of themselves as quote unquote real dancers because belly dance is all they've ever done. And I was teaching a phrase that had like, it had some turns and some floor work in it. And the girls were going down. Like one by one, people were just starting to sit down. In the middle of this workshop they had paid for. People, mm -hmm. I was watching people get frustrated. I was watching people be like, oh, I can't. Like you could feel the, like, the vibe in the room falling apart. And I was like, everyone stop. Go stand next to the mirror. And I sent them all up to the mirror, an inch away from the mirror. And I said, look yourself in the eyes. And everyone please say, I'm a dancer. And I could feel the whole room go, <gasps> like throat chakra close. And I said, take a deep breath. Everyone say, I'm a dancer. I'm a dancer. And a few people started whispering it. And I was like, again, again, again. I'm a people dancer. Are sobbing, right? They're crying. Wow. And I was like, let's look at this, y'all. You're at a, a workshop weekend where you paid thousands of dollars. Like, it's like going to a convention, like PolCon or mm -hmm. something. Like, you flew here. You spend money on this. You take classes every week. You go to workshops. And you walk around saying you're not a dancer. And like, what is that? What is that? What is that about? And realizing like, if I own this identity and I say that I am this thing, obviously I am. I spent all this money on it. I spent all this time on it, but I'm still telling myself mm -hmm. I'm not. There's an incongruence here. It's because if I say this thing, what I'm also saying is I believe in myself. I believe that I'm good at this. I care about this. I believe this is worth putting time into. And I've internalized some kind of judgments that say, this is not a worthy pursuit. You're either a good dancer or you're not. Somebody, mm -hmm. when I was a kid, told me dance wasn't a worthwhile pursuit. You know, like somebody told me this was just a hobby. I'm, who do they think they are? There's something in us that's like a block around admitting, I love this and I'm good at it. And it's important to me. And I think that that's also what's happening in business when we're like, I'm waiting for some, I'm waiting for customers to come find me and give me money and tell me I'm great at what I do before I'm willing to put myself out there. That's not how that works. Like you, yeah. you can't wait. And even if that happened, you probably wouldn't allow yourself to internalize it because you'd be like, no, I'm not. No, thank you. But I'm not the way that we don't let ourselves take compliments. No, no, I'm not. Thank you. No, but it's not right. There's something sometimes that blocks us from feeling comfortable just saying, I love this and I'm good at it. And I really fuck with myself behind this. Like I do. Yo, like I felt that 
with coaching, like, because I wasn't coaching and when I didn't have clients, like, am I a coach? Like, but I'm like, yeah, bitch, that's what you do every day. Like, <laughs> so when you're just saying that, realize I, when you were just talk, saying that story right now, I realized there are moments when I haven't felt that I'm a coach or a good coach because I'm not spending most of my time coaching mm-hmm. instead of realizing that in my, in being a pole dance teacher, I am always coaching always. in my life. I am always coaching. My energy is to coach and to share and to be an ear. That is who I am. Yeah. Whether I am working with a, a person or running a program or not, that is who I am. So I get to say that now. That is what I am. And this is what I do. It's, it's, it's up in me. So yes. all day, every day. <laughs> and if you are getting people to turn themselves upside down, then you are coaching them through it. <laughs> <laughs> that part. You know what I mean? You know what? I need maybe use that as one of my my marketing tools. Like... You know what I mean? Like, we here. We doing this. I'm a coach. I can get your ass upside down and your life right side up. (laughs) You know what I'm saying, baby? Let's go. (laughs) And don't coach over the phone. Coach on the pole. Yes. Because you really can. Like, that's the thing that I love. Like, my clients are coming in. They're really getting, like, a mind, body, spirit, like a life coaching session, a physical workout, and, like, energy. You know what I mean? Like, it's a dose of all the things. It's an experience, you know what I mean? Movement is so magical. Everyone listening, if you're not moving in some way, please do. If you you can, please do. And in any way you can, because the other magical thing about it is that your own body's chemistry is supporting you in the transformation because you start, you're having endorphins, like, right? Like your blood is pumping, you're getting oxygen. That's a, a ripe environment for making inner shifts as well. You're getting supported in that through your body. And here's something new. This is a new story I like to use. You know how if you have a dog, a lot of people have dogs. What's something that you have to do with your dog every day? You have to go take it outside. And what does it do? It walks, it runs, it plays. You actually make sure that it does these activities because for some reason you think that is important to the dog's mindset, its healthiness, its, you know, lifespan, its the way that it moves and the size of the dog, you do these things for it, but you don't do it for yourself. You need to go walk yourself. You need to go run yourself. You need to go play. You need to get some water squirted in your face. You need to go take a shit every day, people, okay? Give that same offering to yourself. Like, if you would do it for a dog, do it for you. (laughs) It's so funny. I use this exact thing all the time because I had a dog where I was like oh I didn't know I needed oh hold on you got stuck where'd you go okay there it is yeah I use this all the time because I didn't know I needed an emotional support animal until I had a dog but the other thing that's really important y'all if we know how to love animals which I think everyone listening to this does (laughs) is that you are unconditional about the way that you care for that animal right the dog gets play and outside time and loving cuddles even if it ate your shoe that day. <laughs> and, we and that's why always, they're so loving because you're loving to them. And we're not always unconditional with ourselves. We are sometimes withholding of food, of play, of cuddles, of positive affirmation with ourselves because we decide we did something bad. And therefore we're not going to give ourselves these things. And like your movement food water outside time kindness physical touch it's all those things needed. unconditional 
unconditional. Doesn't matter it what you did today. It is needed. Meaning, if you don't give it to yourself, you are actually depressing yourself. Mm-hmm. You're losing life force energy, which is why you feel low energy. It's why you can be depressed because you're not putting anything back into yourself. You're not feeding yourself the things that we actually need as human beings. We need to move. We need to feel outside. We need to, you know what I mean? Like you need to go give some energy. You need to receive some of it. You need to go touch things from the earth. You need to realize that you're connected to all this shit. Like, you know what I mean? Like you got to tap into it. Touch grass, how? <laughs> like going outside is like tapping it. You got to tap in. Like you can't just stay up in a room. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, that you got to go get out in it. With having dogs from having cats. Because I have cats now and I can tell you for sure, they don't care if I never get dressed and they don't care if I never leave the house. They are perfectly happy if I stay in bed all day. Cats, they support they support us in depression. Your dog is like, let's go out. We have to yeah, go out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't get a cat if you want some emotional support. <laughs> My cats are very cuddly, but they are fine if I never bathe. They don't care. Yeah, they could care less, man. Well, it's been so delightful to have you on the show and to talk with you. If you have any final pieces of like, ooh, if there's like a piece of wisdom that you took from Pole that really changed your life that you want to share with people, what would it be? Ooh. Say that again. A piece of wisdom that you took from Pole. Piece of wisdom that I took from Pole either from a teacher or from your own training, from your own experience that you feel really changed your life? I would say the wisdom is everything that I've created and birthed from deciding to get on a pole. Mm -hmm. That that right there has created a wisdom inside of me because it's Mm -hmm. been part of my life experience because I saw some people do a thing and I said, show me. That was all I said was show me. And then I did a thing and I kept choosing it. Mm. And if you keep choosing something that, and again, I kept choosing it because I enjoyed it. (laughs) I kept choosing it because I actually enjoyed it. And I enjoyed it so much that I wanted to share it with other people. And because I wanted to share it with other people, it became a business. And then that business has literally taken me around the world, <laughs> put me in some of the most beautiful, around the most beautiful, beautiful people. Like I've met tens of thousands of people through this thing that I chose to do one day because it was fun to me. And that, that's wild. That's so that is wild. Mm. Choose something that you like and keep choosing it. You heard it here first. Just keep choosing it. Like, you never know what could happen from choosing something that brings you joy. Mm. Choose that more often. And that's, like I said, the only thing I do is that, right? That I really choose happiness for myself. Like, it really is a choice, y'all. Like, and the more you don't choose it out of fear, you actually live in in the thing that you're afraid of. Like, you're already living in that. But if you would start choosing things that bring you joy, yo, like life changes. It really does. It really, it really does. does. <laughs> I agree with that so much. And we can make money from anything. 
You and you can make money from it if you so choose. Yeah. You can have something else that you do for work and still do something that brings you joy. And I would highly recommend that even if you're doing a job that you don't like, I highly recommend that you to go do something that you enjoy to do on the outside of that and yeah. do it often. Yeah. And I think the reason I say you can make money from anything is that so often people are afraid to choose the thing that brings them joy because they're telling themselves a story that it's not going to be lucrative. But like somebody made a million dollars off of fidget spinners. There are girls on the internet who make money selling used tissues. Like we can make money off of anything. You can find a way to monetize it. If it brings you joy and that's what you really want to do, don't be so afraid to do it because you think it can't make money. You can always find a way to make something make money. And if you don't know how it's going to make money, just ask the universe, can you show me how this could help me to receive money? Just ask that and then go start doing the thing and then watch yourself get some clues. Mm -hmm. yes. Universe, show me how this could bring me money and then go do the thing. And if the way that the universe shows you is it puts some bomb ass coaches in your path, pay attention to that too. Pay attention <laughs> to that too. <laughs> Where can people find you, Nicole? Uh, you can get in touch with my energy through the Instagram interweb. Yes. <laughs> Which is crazy, right? People can actually get in contact with you. Uh, but um, Nicole the Pole um, is my pole and like kind of life page. And then Nicole the Soul Coach is my coaching page with all my spiritual things. My website is NicoleThePole.com. Um, if you would like to get set up with a lesson in regards to pole dance, sensual movement, coaching, Reiki, sound healing, you can contact me through my website or through my DMs. Go ahead and slide in. Um, I also have a retreat coming up in Bali uh, in October. Six days, amazingness, adventure, connection. I'm doing a manifesting envisioning workshop and Reiki workshop to show how I keep manifesting these amazing things in my life. And I want to share that. Um, and I have a workshop coming up too, how to go from student to performer and how to manifest dream opportunities. I'm going to be setting the date for that in June sometime. So if you want to get details, just sign up for the email list on my website. And that's all the things, Sarah. Yay. Thank you so much for being here. It was such a joy to talk with you. Everyone go follow Nicole immediately. Immediately. Bye. <laughs> Bye. That's our episode for today. Thank you as always for being here and for listening to the podcast. I know there are so many things that you could be doing with your time. So many things you could be listening to. It is an honor that you choose to be here. Connect with me on Instagram at intuitive edge coaching or join my Facebook group unstuck group to suggest topics or people that you'd like to hear me interview on this show. Have a great day.